The Twins finally get an easy victory. It's a 9-0 win over the Royals at Target Field. They were in control throughout the night. Sonny Gray was fantastic. The lineup was awesome. Let's break it all down on today's episode of Locked On Twins. You are Locked On Twins. Your daily Minnesota Twins podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. And welcome to the Lockdown Minnesota Twins podcast. Today is Tuesday, August 16th. I'm your gracious host, Nash Walker. Thanks for making Lockdown Twins your first listen every day on the Lockdown Podcast Network, where it's your team every day. And this is Nash Walker. been writing at Twins Daily for four seasons, been hosting this podcast for three seasons, and I'm coming to you after a Twins winner. The Twins took control tonight in a 9-0 win over the Royals. It was fun to watch the lineup all go to work. And Sonny Gray, I mean, Sonny Gray was just fantastic tonight. And I, I've said it so many times, I feel like since the day the Twins traded for him, he was somebody I had targeted throughout the lockout as a, a clear fit for the Twins. And then as, right out of the lockout, they went and traded for him. But I've said it so many times, he's a frontline starter. He is a frontline starter. Like he has frontline starter stuff and action and a repertoire and he is a veteran who knows how to pitch he gets righties and lefties out he can go deep into ball games he's tough he's tough the problem has been he's been hurt he hasn't been consistent he's made some poor pitches that have really hurt him I think of the Luis Robert grand slam on a hanging slider he gets behind you know too many walks this year but when he puts it together and that's kind of the theme of this episode tonight the Twins putting it together, Sonny Gray putting it together. When Sonny Gray puts it together, he is fantastic. And I know that Royals team is not they, – they leave a lot to be desired, but they just beat the White Sox three out of four, and this is baseball. Like, anybody can beat anybody in baseball. And, you know, I know this lineup isn't good, but Sonny Gray just dominated tonight. He was in complete control, gets pulled in the seventh, gave up a pair of hits uh, to, to start the seventh inning. I think Sonny Gray can go deeper into games, and I think he will go deeper into games if he pitches better consistently. And I I do think that if I was a starter, and I'm referring to a video tonight, uh, an interview of Sonny Gray where he says, you know, basically seemed upset that he's not letting, that Rocco's not letting him go deeper into games. And if I was a starter, I would feel the same way. Like if I only started every fifth day, I would want to go deep into my game. What I'll say is Sonny, he's been on the injured list multiple times. He has broken down in the middle of games a lot. Against the Blue Jays, he had 90-something pitches after five and had walked five. Blue Jays was dancing around trouble basically the entire evening. I don't think there's been a lot of opportunities for Sonny Gray to go deeper when he didn't go deeper. Like He broke down against the Dodgers. What are you going to do there? It's the Dodgers lineup and Sonny Gray is breaking down. You're just going to hang him out to dry. I mean, there's an argument that you should let him try to get out of his own trouble. And there is a quick hook, like absolutely. But for him, like, I, I don't know if I really see it. I don't know if I see that many opportunities. Like tonight, they let him go into the seventh and he gave up a couple hits. Third time through the order this year, opponents are hitting 327 against him. So when he goes a third time through, it hasn't been good. And I agree with those who think, like, give him more of an opportunity, those numbers will go down. I think they will. 
opponents won't hit 327, but they'll absolutely, for a majority of the time, be better the third time through against Sonny Gray. But I do think he has the repertoire with the two-seamer, with the four-seamer, with the slider, with the curveball, with everything that he throws. I think he has the tool set to do what he did tonight, which is pitch deep into the game, pitch into the seventh inning. And I think Sonny Gray, I said this at the break, such a vital X factor for the Twins down the stretch here because he can give them length. And Malley can give them length too, and you hope Joe Ryan can, but not as much. He's on an innings limit, I'm sure. He's already reached his innings total from a year ago or is right around that mark. But Gray is so important to this team because he's going to save the pen and he's going to give you quality starts. You're hoping that he gives you quality starts like he did tonight. He was fantastic. Like that's his game and the lineup was awesome, but that's Sonny's game. He took control of that game. He put the twins in the driver's seat, gave them an opportunity to score, to, to win. And he was awesome tonight. And he's just so fun to watch pitch. Like there are some guys that are the power pitchers are really fun to watch. Verlander and Cease were going at it tonight. I was watching that. The White Sox won, unfortunately. We'll get to the uh, the American League Central a little bit later on. But guys who spot up sometimes are so fun to watch. Even Greinke's like mesmerizing to me. The way that he kind of weaves in and out of the zone, the way that he throws the velocity on a lesser scale. Watching Sonny Gray is really fun because he is a pitcher. Like he spots up. That two-seamer, when he's feeling good, he can spot that pitch anywhere. And you saw all the called third strikes tonight. That's because he's got hitters off balance and because he can, can put the ball anywhere when he's commanding and he can control the zone. He uh, He's very good. I mean, he's very good. Sonny Gray this year now updated numbers for you on the season. I think overall, like he hasn't been great for them because I think of the injuries and because there's been some inconsistency, but overall on the season, he's got a 333. He had a 333 ERA coming into today and he was outstanding. Didn't give up any runs. That ERA has dropped to 3.11. So he's at a 311 ERA through 18 starts. The innings total is lower than you'd like it to be in August. But I actually think right now with the twins, one game back in the central, Maybe it's a good thing that he has less innings on his arm this year. He broke down in the second half for the Reds last year. was very bad in the second half. Maybe it's a good thing he's only at 80-something innings, 89 innings, and he's fresher into September and hopefully into October for the Twins. Man, Sonny Gray was awesome. Luis Arise is unconscious at the plate. Celestino hits a home run, and then the Central. What happened around the Central, and what does it mean for the Twins? Let's get to all that after this word from Bilt Bar. If you haven't tried Bilt Bar Puffs yet, you are depriving yourself of one of life's greatest joys. And guess what? There's a new flavor. Ready? Delicious, indulgent cookie dough covered in chocolate. That's right. Built has done it again. Let me introduce you to the new favorite. Everybody's talking about the cookie dough chunk puffs. They have a light and chewy texture, real cookie dough chunks. And of course, they're covered in 100% real chocolate. All the joys of eating cookie dough without the hassle of making it. Plus, it's healthy for you. You're going to love the new cookie dough chunk puff whether you need a snack for your workout a late night treat or just need to grab a quick bite built is the perfect protein bar and they taste better than a candy bar ditch the calories fat and sugar grab yourself a protein bar go to built.com use promo code locked on 15 that's l-o-c-k-e-d-o-n-1-5 and get 15 percent off your order use promo code locked on 15 at built.com Luis arise four hits Three of them were legit. He's he's given four. We'll see if they go back and change uh, what was clearly an error on the infield. But he had a big night again. And Louie, I tweeted out today, 
unconscious against right-handed pitching. And if you take away his numbers against lefties, because I say it on the show quite frequently, he's a different hitter against left-handed pitching. It's unfortunate, but it's true. He strikes out more. He grounds out more. He doesn't hit the ball as hard on a line. He is unreal against righties. On the season overall, he's hitting 336. He's the leader in the American League uh, by a, a, a wide margin. And one of the storylines coming into the second half was, is Luis Arise going to win a batting title? I think he's clearly the big favorite in the American League to win a batting title at this point. He just keeps keeps on going. He had one little slump, but now he's over 100 games at 103 games, hitting 336 on base at 401, slugging 444 for a weighted runs created plus of 145. That's where 100 is league average. And if you look at first baseman this year, first baseman in all of baseball, like what do you think of when you think of first baseman? You think of a, a slugger. You think of Paul Canerco. You think of Jim Tomey. You don't think of Luis Arise, but if you look at weighted runs created plus, which is a number I like to use, how do you create runs? How much do you create runs? And how does that compare to the rest of the league? Here are your top first basemen in baseball and weighted runs created plus. Paul Goldschmidt at 187. He's been fantastic. He's on his way to a NL rookie of the or NL MVP. Freddie Freeman, 157. Luis Arise, 145. Jose Abreu, 145. Pete Alonso, 145. Vladimir Guerrero Jr., 141. So look at that company for Luis Arise. I mean, it's it's unreal. It's unreal how good he's been this year. He is the Twins MVP. He's been whew, fun to watch. Fun to watch as Sonny Gray was, Luis Arise was as well tonight. And the Twins lineup is really good against right-handed pitching overall. A big part of that is Luis Arise. But entering tonight, a top five offense against right-handed pitching in terms of weighted runs created plus. Byron Buxton has been lining singles all over the field, which is great to see uh, a little bit more of a complete approach. Gio Urshela had a really nice night. Uh, Jose Miranda had another big night. Jose, someone, I, so I tweeted out tonight and I was like, hey, this is a really talented group. And the reason I said that is because even if they don't always look the way they should, and often they haven't over the last couple of months, this is still a team that has a ton of talent you know, in, in the lineup and now in the rotation, like you see what they have with Sonny Gray, with Tyler Malley. Now Joe Ryan as a mid rotation starter, and hopefully more guys coming and coming back in winder Ober and Maeda and, and hopefully Paddock at some point next year, they have a very talented group. Jose Miranda on the season, hitting 283 on bases up to 330, and he's slugging 461. That's a 126 way to runs credit plus for comparison, Carlos Correa hitting 272 with a 355 on base percentage, slugging 438 at a 128 way to runs credit plus. So Miranda and Correa having very similar seasons offensively. And Miranda, what a what a story. I mean, what a story this year for the twins and how much they're relying on their rookies and Miranda and Ryan and Duran. But especially Miranda hitting fourth in that lineup and taking really tough at bats. He got beat a little bit early. Greinke, you know, old man Greinke beat the young kid, the Hall of Famer. Greinke, no disrespect, obviously, but he figured it out and he put together some really nice uh, at bats later on. I think Carlos Correa at this deadline saying to the front office, "Don't trade this kid. Do not trade this kid." That's something I'll remember forever, and I think Twins fans. We'll remember that for a long time uh, that Correa told the twins not to trade Jose Miranda. And if he goes on to have a career, I think he's capable of having, that'll be a moment because I wrote an article is Jose Miranda, a trade candidate to get starting pitching at the deadline. And you know what the responses were at the time. This is when Miranda was really struggling. It was 
Who wants Jose Miranda? He looks terrible. You're not wrong. He did look terrible, but since then he's been unreal. Thank goodness the Twins did not trade Jose Miranda when he was struggling as, as much as he was uh, when he first came up. What a story. What a hitter to all fields, power to all fields. He can line singles everywhere. He hits for average. He hits for power. He gets on base. He takes good at bats. He doesn't strike out. He does everything you're looking for in a young hitter. Gilberto Celestino's look more complete as well. Had another home run tonight on a curveball up in the zone. If Sully can do that once every couple weeks, which now that's two in the last handful of games, if he can do that once every couple weeks, he's going to get more pitches on the outer half because pitchers will start to realize like, oh, we shouldn't pitch him inside anymore because he can he can pull that ball to left field. Sully had power in the minors. Like I think people view him as a slap hitting fourth outfielder because that's what he's been in the majors. But in the minors, he hit for power, like doubles power, homers power. Last year in St. Paul, he did so. So I, I think for Sully, like if he can do that once in a while, which I think he's fully capable of, He'll get more pitches on the outside half, and he can go to right field with those pitches while, you know, hopefully pulling some home runs or pulling for power into the gaps into left field. That was uh, great to see from Selly. Let's talk about the Central. What happened? The Twins are one game back. What does this mean for the three competing teams in uh, baseball's worst division? I would say the NL Central is worse, but I digress. We'll talk about it after this word from BetOnline. BetOnline.net is the fastest and easiest way. To check in on all your betting needs, find all your favorite sports and events at the number one online source for odds, lines, and games. Find reviews and news of every league, including Major League Baseball, the NFL, the NBA, the NHL, combat sports, esports, and even golf. Bet Online continues to be the top online resource for all your sports wagering information. From live in game betting scores and podcasts, they have you covered. Head to Bet Online today or use your mobile device to learn more about the action happening today. Bet online is where the game starts. Again, betonline.net is the fastest and easiest way to check out on all your betting needs. Find all your favorite sports and events at the number one online source for odds, lines, and games. The White Sox, back-to-back wins against Houston, comeback rallies against the Houston Astros, beating Jose Urquidy, beating Justin Verlander tonight. Uh, that's impressive and that's significant in this division. Like if the Sox, it's not significant right now because if they split, they split at home and like that's the most likely outcome is you split. But that's significant. That could be significant if they take three out of four or they sweep Houston. That would be a shift in the central, not in games. I think the Twins will still hopefully be tied or a, game, a half game back if Chicago wins the next two and the Twins win tomorrow. They'd be a half game back because they have an off day Thursday. And Cleveland lost to Detroit again. They got hosed a little bit by the Umps. Back-to-back games, they've lost to Detroit. This is uh, this is going to be really fun, and I've said that. But, man, this is going to be fun. The Twins and White Sox are one game back of Cleveland in the Central now. And uh, this thing has been back and forth all year long. But the White Sox beating Houston – that's one of their tougher series. That's like probably their toughest remaining series. I mean, they do have to go to San Diego. I don't know if you consider going to Minnesota tough, but that's probably their toughest series. They got to go to Seattle. That should be uh, interesting. But if you can take care of the tough games on your schedule, that puts you in uh, in the driver's seat because you then have September call-ups on the Tigers and Royals you're playing down the stretch and they're playing for nothing and you're trying to make the playoffs. That's significant that the Sox have won back-to-back against Houston, but it's also important that the Twins have won both while Cleveland's lost two in a row as well. So it's it's been an interesting couple days. I mean, I think you you feel pretty good 
with the Twins winning, they just got to take care of their business and, and see where the, the chips fall. They're going to get opportunities against the other two teams. You just are hoping, and now scoreboard watching every night, that they're going to have somewhat of a cushion against Chicago and be within striking distance against Cleveland the next time they play those teams. But the White Sox play Houston twice more, and it's from Rivaldez, and I don't know who's going in the last game, McCullers I, I, or Javier, one of those, um, with Kopech and with, I think, Giolito in the finale. And then Cleveland, I think they have one more against Detroit. And then those two teams will play this weekend. So we'll see. They'll beat each other up. I don't know who you're cheering for. <laughs> I don't know how, how Twins fans feel about each of the central foes. Like, do you believe Cleveland's a better team? Do you believe Chicago's a better team? Do you believe, you know, the Twins are worse than both? Do you believe the Twins are better than Chicago, but worse? Than, how do you feel about where the Twins fall in that? And however you feel is who you should be rooting for this weekend like if you think Cleveland's a better team then you should be cheering for the White Sox this weekend if you think the Sox are a bigger threat to the Twins you should be cheering for Cleveland I've said throughout the year I think the Sox are a bigger threat because they have the upside and you're seeing that on the pitching front for them recently I don't think their lineup without Tim Anderson Aloy Jimenez has looked a lot better Luis Roberts very good he's been dinged up I don't know if their lineup without Tim Anderson has as much upside as it did before but they're still a, a team that throughout all their troubles this year could easily still win the central and, and make a run in the playoffs. You know, Cleveland is still a team. They're in first place. You know, they have the best staff, probably the most consistent pitching staff of the three teams. They can still win this division. The twins have 17 games left against both of them. That gives them an opportunity. They have the most games left against the other two teams. So this will be, this will be fun. I mean, this is, this is what we work for. And again, I, I throughout this season have said, if you would tell me right now, if you said, hey, on August 16th, the Twins and White Sox will be tied in the standings. Twins and White Sox will be tied, and Cleveland will be a game ahead in the American League Central. Do you want to sign up for this, or do you want to take your chances and, and hope for a better outcome? I'd say I'm signing up for this without even blinking. Like that is That is such a great outcome for the Twins to be sitting here in mid-August and be a game out of first place in the Central. That's... You would take that 10 times out of 10. And I know the the argument against that is we've seen how it's played out. And it's very much like 2019, where the Twins had an 11, 11 and a half, 12 game lead on Cleveland, and they blew it. And I was saying in August, and others were saying in August, like, hey, if they were, if I would have told you they'd be tied with Cleveland in August, you'd be pretty happy. But it's like, but we watched how it played out. Like, they shouldn't be tied with Chicago. They shouldn't be a game behind Cleveland. Like, they were five games up on those teams. They should be more. They should be at least five games up that they were a month ago, right? It's harder to put yourself in that mindset when we've watched the season transpire. We've seen how it's unfolded. But if you cut everything else away, and I'm sitting here on August 16th saying that the Twins are a game out in the American League Central, and they're a game out of Cleveland, and they're tied up with the White Sox, and I think they're two games back of the wild card with with uh, tiebreakers over Tampa, Seattle, and Toronto, and Baltimore. Yeah, I'm signing up for that. I'm signing up for that all day long because we didn't even know if this team was going to be competitive at all this year. I mean, I wasn't sure, and I was hopeful that they would they would come through and that they would be a good team. I don't know if they've been a good team, um, but they're in it. I mean, they're in it. I think that's kind of the feeling for all three clubs. Like Cleveland, I don't think expected to be. I mean, I think they expected to be competitive, but not 
in like first place in August, I think the White Sox really expected to be competitive and they weren't. And now they're saying, I think we're still in the race. Like for as bad as everything's gone, we're still in the race. And for as bad as everything's gone for the twins, we're still in the race for as much as Cleveland didn't plan on contending this year and didn't do anything at the deadline. We're still in first place, right? Uh, Chicago and Minnesota, not, but like still a game out is what I mean. You, you, you understand what I'm saying. Still within striking distance of uh of first place in the american league central so twins get a, a much needed victory they clinch a series win for me it matters if you if you go out wednesday and, and you get another win and you sweep kansas city because that's that's a great start to a very important week and then against texas like if you split against texas you have a five and two week at, at the worst if you split against texas this weekend and into monday Go for the sweep Wednesday. Tyler Malley, you feel really good with him on the mound, especially against a very left-handed lineup with that splitter. It's Daniel Lynch against the Twins. A lefty who can be tough. He's been tough against them this year, and he's got electric stuff. So we'll see how this goes. I'm hopeful the Twins will sweep and then carry that momentum into an off day Thursday before uh, the Rangers this weekend. Something my football coach told me when I was a senior in high school, I was thinking about this tonight. He said, Momentum is an excuse for poor performance. When you hear the White Sox have momentum or the Twins have momentum or the Guardians have momentum, his argument is that that's an excuse for the Twins and the Guardians or the White Sox, the other teams, not playing up to their level. I think that's interesting. Like, for example, if the White Sox go on a surge and win 10 in a row and then they come and play the Twins and you say, oh, the White Sox have all the momentum here. You're just excusing the Twins for not playing well enough to win. So take that with what you will. I mean, I, I, that's going to be my my little quip for the day. That's going to be my, my lesson for the day that I learned. And I only have a few, so savor that one. And hopefully the Twins have a lot more wins where that one came from. Thanks so much for making Lockdown Twins your first listen every day on the Lockdown Podcast Network, where it's your team every day. Now make your second listen, the Lockdown MLB Podcast. MLB expert Paul Francis Sullivan brings humor, passion, and unique perspective on every team and the biggest stories around the league. Follow the number one daily league-wide podcast, Lockdown MLB, on the Odyssey app, YouTube, and wherever you get your podcasts on the Lockdown Podcast Network, where it's your team every day. Go Twins!